morning, and it's always good to hear that, right? So come on, Sue. I had a very serious um, back episode last Saturday, and I spent um, the first three days, um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, um, pretty much in bed, and the only way I was able to get out of bed is if Mike helped me. And um, I, after that, have been able to very, very carefully sit in a chair for a little while if the chair had arms and I could ease my way down. And uh, even this morning when I got up to come to church, I had to lay in bed to get dressed because I couldn't lace my legs. <laughs> mm. And um, I shuffled into church and my hip, this hip was probably up here. So I kind of was like this and shuffling along. And it took several times for me to be able to sit in one of the chairs in the prayer room um, because I couldn't quite get there. And uh, after we prayed for service, some friends prayed for me and I felt kind of a sinking feeling um, and kind of lost my balance a little bit and um, afterwards had to go look in the mirror and I realized I was actually walking. I could, you know, I could actually lean in this direction and I couldn't lean in that direction before. I couldn't raise my legs. So um, I'm just giving God the glory because he did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my friends prayed for me, but he did it. Yeah, great. Thanks, Sue. That's awesome. Okay. Okay, some of you kids know this is the part where Pastor Randy needs some help. So kids, could you come forward? If you're, say, fifth grade and under, come on forward to the front. It's going to be fun. I can promise. You're not going to want to miss it. Come on forward. All right? Okay, and you can sit for just a second, like right here in front of me. Now, if your parents are a little nervous without you, they can come with you. It's okay. All right? All right. This is a crowd. Come on. Woohoo! Why don't we give these kids a hand just because we love them? All right. Okay. Okay, so this might be uh, sort of hard to imagine as old as I am. But do you know I have children too? Did you guys know that? Yeah, I have, I have children too. Dave? Oh, no, no, no. Dave's not one. <laughs> He's just a friend. My, my children are 18 years old, 20 years old, and 24 years old. Okay? But when my kids were your size, you know what uh, we loved to do every night before they went to bed is we sang them songs, okay? So I thought, because my kids are moving out of my house and are feeling a little sad about it, I thought maybe I could teach you a song that we used to sing to our kids, and it has to do with what we're talking about today, and that is how big God is. So does anyone know the song, Our God is So Big? Anybody here? One? Two? You're so confident. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to learn the song. Um, I've actually never sung in public, so if you guys could stand up and help me. This is a pretty big issue for me. Stand. Okay, we're going to learn the song. Jane is going to lead. Uh, my oldest son, Dave, is going to help. You may not know that Dave is a Dove Award-winning musician. It's true fact. Ask him about it afterwards. Uh, kids, I need you guys to stand too because there are hand motions. So get yourself some space because when you do this, you don't want to punch anybody, okay? So give yourself some space, all right? So let me, I'll, I'll talk, should I talk through the words first? Or? Okay, I'll talk through the words first and do the motions. Never done this before, I'm kind of nervous. Okay, the song goes like this. 
Our, our God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing our God cannot do. Hey, I don't know that. Okay. <clears throat> our God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing our God cannot do. And then we'll go into the fun part. The mountains are his, the valleys, and we'll go like this, below. And then we'll say, the stars are his handiwork too. And then we'll go back to the beginning. Our God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's... uh, No, 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 sorry, stop. He certainly will take care of you. That was my own addition back there, and I I want credit for it, okay? Okay, all right. Our God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing our God cannot do. Hey, our God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing our God cannot do. Remember the tricky part? The mountains are His, the valleys below. And the stars are his handiwork too. Our God is so big, so strong and so mighty. Remember this part. He certainly will take care of you. All right, give yourselves a hand. I want you to remember, in fact, I want you to make sure that your parents learn that song. Okay, you have a responsibility now. You've got to teach your parents and your brothers and sisters and everyone on your block and most of your zip code. You've got to teach them this song because it talks about how big God is, how strong he is. He loves you so much that he's going to take care of you. And every time you hear that song, I want you to remember, you don't have to be afraid because our God is what? So big. Okay, do you think you can do it? I know you can. Okay, let's pray. God, thank you for these children. Thank you for the families and the generations and the heritage that they represent. I ask, Lord, that you would increase in them, that you'd pour out just a revelation of how big you are. Open their eyes, Lord, and then through them open our eyes to see great things. You are big. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you guys can go back to your parents. They're getting nervous without you. Okay, thank you. Okay. How fun was that? Yeah, Yeah, I know the solo joke. Solo, you can't hear me. (laughs) Okay. Um, No, it's it's interesting. I'll just tell you a little bit of the backstory here. Um, I've made a lot of jokes through the years about having sort of a singing wound, because when I was in fourth grade, a teacher told me that I couldn't sing, and I believed that teacher. Um, actually, the teacher told me I couldn't sing. We came all the way around. She's making everyone do, do a solo. And I, I'm like, I can't sing. I can't sing. She said, everyone can sing. So I did my solo. She said, you're right. You can't sing. <laughs> Fourth grade. Cement was still wet. Okay. Not, not, a, not a joke. Not just having fun here. Today's the first day I've ever actually done that in public. Yeah. <laughs> 
I can sing. <laughs> I'm healed. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm having some fun there, but, but it does relate to the message. It really does relate to the message. 1961, a guy named J.B. Phillips, he did a paraphrase of the New Testament. He also wrote a pretty famous book, and the name of the book was Your God is Too Small. Your God is Too Small. And his, his basic premise to, to the believers, to the Christians, to the followers of Jesus, is when you think about God, basically, you don't have it right. You, you've created God in your image, and you forgot he created you in his. It, we, he, we get it turned around. And so, um, you know, when I've joked about I can't sing and I won't sing and all that stuff, those weren't really statements about me. Those were statements about God. I mean, if you really think about it, those were statements about my belief of God. God can handle anything, but not my singing, right? God could give me grace to do anything, but not embarrass myself in front of people, not expose a weakness in front of people, right? My God was too small. He got uh, like 10 size bigger right here in front of you for me. So um, I, I just want you to, to recognize that there is a tendency in all of us, you know, the small ones and the old ones, to limit God in our minds. When we limit God in our minds, we limit God in our hearts. When we limit God in our hearts, we, we, we have a way of deciding ahead of time what God will or won't do, can or can't do. Now, Job 42 tells us we can't thwart God's plan, but some of us are, are not so sure about that. So I want to talk about how big God is this morning. And I want to go back last week. Remember, we talked um, about uh, the first song of the Bible, Exodus 15. We talked about the Lord is your strength. That was the theme for last week. And this morning, I want to take another verse from Exodus 15. Exodus 15:11 says this. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. Let's pray. Father, it's a great question. Who is like you? And Lord, I ask that in the midst of us trying to explore the answer, that you would settle deep down in our hearts that ultimately we can't do it. You are beyond and above. You are great and marvelous. But God, thank you that in your wisdom and in your love, you came in the person of Jesus and you've sent your Holy Spirit so that we could have an inkling, we could have an image, we could have a sense of what you're like. So Lord, lead us farther down the path of knowing you. And Lord, would you expand uh, our vision of you, mind, soul, heart, spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I want to remind you of the context of Exodus 15. This is the song of Moses. So just reminding you of the context here. The Israelites, the people of God, have been enslaved by Egypt for at least 400 years. Scholars like to fight about the exact number of years. Personally, it's a long time. I don't care, all right? 400 years. Eight generations, eight, a lot of generations, a lot of, a, a lot of family line, you know, a lot of grandfathers, 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 grandfathers. These people, you know, were, were born into the world having no idea what freedom was like. Didn't have any pictures of what freedom looked like. Couldn't imagine it. 
and God raises up this uh, stuttering, humble, but pretty fearful man named Moses. Now, kids, if you're coming to Vacation Bible School, you're going to learn all about this this week. It's going to be so fun. I saw the Red Sea parted back there in the hallway. I'm just saying. So the people of God are enslaved. They're working for another country, the most powerful nation in in the world at that time, Egypt. 400 years. And God calls Moses to lead them out. Now, if you want to read the first 10 or 11, 12 chapters of Exodus, you see there's lots of fun and games in the midst here. We've got some plagues. We've got some sorcerers. We've got the power of God. We've got all sorts of stuff. That's not what we're talking about today. The end of that whole thing is the people get free. The people get free. God, through Moses and the power of God, lead the people out of Egypt, and they walk into a place called, the well, <laughs> the desert. <laughs> but they're free, that's the point. God leads them through Moses and his power into freedom. Um, just a one-minute sidebar, okay? Put a place marker in your mental outline that you're making of this message. Let me, can you do that? I expected something more there <laughs> what it was. Uh, just a couple of points to ponder here. God knew the people he was leading. And so in Exodus 13, 17, it actually says God took them the long way. Just read back. It says God knew his people and he knew what might happen. And so it says even though there was a, a shorter route, God took them the long way. Just a little point to ponder. Is it possible that God is right now, because he knows you so well, taking you the long way? Just think about it. Another point to ponder. See, I wanted to preach two sermons, didn't have time. This is a sermon within a sermon. God changed Pharaoh's heart for his own glory. God freed the people of Israel, made Pharaoh let the people go, and God, on purpose, so that he would be glorified in the end, changed the the Pharaoh's heart so he would chase after his own people. God took him the long way on purpose because he knew him. And God actually sent the enemy after them. When you look at what's happening in your life and you so quickly want to ascribe it to spiritual warfare, is it possible that God is sovereign in your life? That God is sovereign. Just a point to ponder. And finally, to really challenge you, is it possible that there is a prayer that frustrates God? 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, pray without ceasing. So you think, we're all good, right? I'm going to propose there might be a prayer that frustrates God because you look in Exodus 14 and the people are all nervous because the Israelites are coming after them because God changed Pharaoh's heart and he took them the long way, right? The people are all nervous the, the, the sea is in front of them, the big sea that they can't get across, and they, they whack out. They don't know what to do. And Moses turns to God, and you know what God says to Moses? Paraphrase, why are you talking to me? Tell him to go. That's, that, I mean, that's what God says to Moses. Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to move forward. So is it possible that sometimes when we say we are praying about it, that what we're really saying is, I have no intention to follow God. Point to ponder.
Okay, come back to the place. Those are all freebies. Exodus 15, 11, who among the gods is like you? See, the Israelites are now free. Okay, they're free. They've, they've crossed the Red Sea. God's done this miracle. And I really do mean it. In the children's hallway back towards the, uh, the bathrooms, they've got the Red Sea parted in the hallway, and you see all the fish on the side. It is really cool. So you might just want to wander back afterwards to just check it out. So the people are on the other side of the sea. And the, Israel, uh, the Egyptians have been washed away. They came after them. They got nervous. They turned around. They got muddled. God messed them up. And they're starting to run back for shelter. And the sea comes in on the enemy. And the people of God see with their very own eyes the salvation of God. I mean, it happens right in front of them. And their response is, we have got to sing. We have got to dance. I don't know if Moses had this song ready or if it came, you know, like Pam gets songs, just came in a, in a prophetic moment, but they're starting to sing, you know. I will triumph. I mean, I will, I will exalt. I will praise God. He's triumphed. He threw the horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. He's become my salvation. In Exodus 15, 11, this is what they start to sing. Who among the gods is like our God? It's a rhetorical question. They're not looking for an answer, Right? Who's like God? Who in the world? Who in the universe? Who in any conception of your brain could ever imagine a God like this? They just start to declare the works of God. They declare the praise of God. They're just overwhelmed by what God has just done. And when they see God work, they start to say who God is. They just declare it. It just spurts out of them. Who among the gods is like you? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? Their response to God's powerful work is they begin to sing about and declare how big God is. They just start to get it out there. And when I look at these phrases, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders, you can imagine the temptation I had to look at all the languages and give you 52 definitions. Not going to do it. I'll just you know, touch on each one. Here's my big point. They couldn't help but express their praise. They couldn't help but just express how big God is. They just, it's what happened when they saw what God had done. And some of these words are hard words. Majestic, what does it really mean? I could give you a Hebrew definition, but it didn't, didn't help me all that much. To, to me, majestic was just, um, I wonder what it was. There it is. Uh, the nature of God, who he is, like majestic in holiness. He's, he's so far above us. He's so different than us. He's so clean. He's so pure. He's so incredibly uh, perfect. We, I don't, we cannot have a conception of perfection because we've never seen it. I mean, we, we've never really seen it. We live in a broken world. There's a lot of beautiful things, but we've never seen perfection. That's why when we encounter God, we're like, what is this? It's perfection. Awesome in glory. So they, they're singing aloud, majestic in holiness. Awesome in glory. I think this talks about how God manifests himself. Awesome in glory. That word for glory, it means like a heaviness like a weightiness, like um, 
awesome in glory. The, the only really poor excuse for an example I could come up with is, um, does anybody like pancakes? Okay, what do you put on pancakes? Thank you, okay. There's the cheap syrup that says like, you know, there's five words before syrup. It says imitation, artificial, never been seen before, made up of stuff you can't pronounce, syrup. And then there's the pure maple syrup, right? And it costs like three times as much, but it is so good, okay? So I'm getting to awesome in uh, glory. That's where I'm getting. <laughs> awesome in glory. When you see pure maple syrup and you look at it, you see all the, you know, man, that's good. You, you look at it, you, it sort of glistens, you know. That's amazing. You take a little bite, you say, that's awesome. It sort of coats your mouth. I am really hungry right now. <laughs> Imagine having that pure maple syrup just poured on you. Some of you, that grosses out. I think it's kind of cool. That's awesome in glory, okay? That is like not just a little taste of syrup, not just a little internal thing, but an all-encompassing, overwhelming presence of syrup in your life. And you know what? If that was your experience, you could not get rid of it quickly. That's awesome in glory. When God touches you, it sticks. When you encounter God, it's like, man, nothing like that. Now, kids, do not go out and tell your friends, Pastor Randy said God is syrup. Okay, that's not my point. Awesome in glory means the way that we encounter God is so beyond our ability to understand that we just have to come up with words like awesome. What does awesome mean? It means awesome, right? So they say, who is like our God? Who among the gods compares with ours? Who's like him? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory. You know, so they talk about who God is. They talk about how they've experienced God. And now they're just like, and this is what he does, working wonders, working wonders. Who is God? What's he like? He works wonders. We're not just talking about wonders like, you know, here's a cool trick. I have a quarter over here, boom, it's over here, okay? That's not a wonder, that's sleight of hand. A wonder is like jaw-dropping, brain-freezing, life-changing. How did God do that? That's what the Israelites saw. They're standing on the other side of the Red Sea. They've seen the Red Sea part into walls, the sand dried up in front of them. They walked across. They looked back. The, the enemies come after them. They get all mixed up. The, wa- the water tumbles and they see, sorry for the PG-13 here, dead bodies. Dead bodies. God has saved them. And so they say, who, who, who is like you, God? I mean, among all the gods, who could ever be like you? Majestic in holiness. So perfect. Awesome in glory, so all-encompassing. Like when you're here, we, we know you're here and we can't get out of your presence if we wanted to. Working wonders, doing amazing things, like speechless wonders. Um, uh, Jane was at a meeting the other week, uh, a prayer meeting, and somebody there shared this story. Uh, Jonathan Thomas, if you remember, JT comes in here and scares us a few times every year, right? Wow! 
JT told a story, you know the tornado that went through the south side a couple of weeks ago? Help me if I get this wrong, right? Just correct me in front of everyone. <clears throat> Storm that came through uh, Greenwood. Um, this is the story as I heard it. There was a woman sitting at her kitchen table. And uh, at the kitchen table, she's sitting at the kitchen table. The storm's coming through. Her, her child is sleeping in the back room. And all of a sudden, she hears this, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. And so, as a good mother, she stands up. She runs to the back to check her child. But her child is asleep. This happened in our city. Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. But she goes back and her child is asleep. At the moment that she was back checking her child, the storm hit her house. It hit the tree in the front yard. The front yard fell down on the kitchen roof and smashed the table at which she had just been sitting. If she knew the song, I'm guessing that she might have been singing this song, Who is like our God? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory and working wonders. That is the God that we serve. So my question this morning is, is it possible that your God is too small? Is it possible that the way you conceive of God is, is, doesn't really match his character, his presence, or his power? Somebody, I don't, I don't know who, who said this first, I looked it up, it just said anonymous, but somebody said that, you know, God created man in his own image, and for years now we've been trying to return the favor. God made us to be like him. And for how long have we tried to make him like us? When you think of God, it's beyond comprehension. Are you willing to let your understanding of God be blown up by his holiness? Be overcome by his glory? Be just obliterated by his wonders in your life? There's a part in which we cooperate with God and we say, God, you can do whatever you want, but really, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Don't limit God. He's incomprehensible. So when you think about God, don't think about God like a man or a woman. He has no flaws. His understanding has no limit. His wisdom isn't capped. His power is inexpressible. We, we can't understand it. It's unmatched. His plan, it's perfect. His character, it's stainless. He's God. It's interesting. You look back in the, the passage and um, three days, three days after God does this wonder and they sing their song, three days, they get into the desert and they come to a pool of water, and the water doesn't taste good. And you know what the Israelites begin to do? They begin to grumble. They, they begin to murmur. They're, you know, as my son would say, they, they start to cry, and you've got to call the wambulance. <laughs> right? Three days after they saw the most amazing miracle of all of their lives in total, they're murmuring because the water that God has provided doesn't taste good. It is as if they're saying, God, you are clearly able to free us from 400 years of slavery, divide the natural elements, and kill the people who have been over us for 400 years. 
but it seems like you have some problem with H2O. The problem here is not that they're looking to God for provision. That's not the problem. The problem is that deep down in their belief system, in their knowers, they don't believe God. They saw him do it, but they can't imagine he could do it again. You know, your real theology, what you really believe, that's what you live out. Your life shows what you believe about God. Don't take that as a condemnation. Take that as an invitation to an expanded view of God and an expanded encounter with him and his love and his power. Let's stand. Pray. God, we are, uh, we are thankful for the story of the Exodus. We're thankful for the truth of the Exodus. We thank you for the power that you showed. God, I thank you that though the scripture says no one has ever seen God, John 1.18 says, but Jesus, the one and only, the Son, who is God, has shown him to us. Lord Jesus, we look to you now and ask God, do your work. Expand our minds. Increase our ability and capacity to know who you are and how you work. And Lord, do it in and through our lives in great ways. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, two things as we close. One is, if you'd like someone to pray for you this morning, you, you came here and, you know, as much fun as we're having, you're in a desperate spot and you need a big God to do a big thing, please come forward. We'll have some ministry team praying up front. And then uh, secondly, I'm doing a little info meeting about the class that's ha- that happens in August and September. So if you've got questions about that, um, that uh, project that I'm doing, I'll be meeting with anyone who has questions in the garage. You do not have to come to the info meeting to do the class. But if you have questions, I've got a handout. You're welcome to come. Okay. If you'd like someone to pray, please come forward. Otherwise, go in peace to love and see a big God at work. Amen. Have a great day.